This is Keep Up. I'm your host, Cynthia Dill. It's Friday, November 3rd, 2023. One week and two days after Maine's deadliest shooting that killed 18 people, seriously wounded 13 others. Countless, of course, traumatized. The killer has been captured, finally. Bodies laid to rest. So what's next? How does the community pick up the pieces in the aftermath? Joining me by phone is Lewiston State Representative Margaret Craven to talk about how her fair city is faring, the political response to the Lewiston shooting, and the road ahead. Welcome, Margaret Craven. Thank you. Good to be here. Well, thanks for joining us again. We spoke with you on the day of the Lewiston shooting, which was nine days ago, and it's nice to catch up. How are you holding up? Well, obviously, we're still in shock, but um, every day that passes, uh, it's a little bit better, or we can think a little bit clearer. Um, the outpouring um, to Lewiston has been just phenomenal from not just Mainers, but from across the country. And um, this, this newspaper, um, the Lewiston Sun Journal, had pages, pages of pages of um, letters to the editor in mostly you know, in solidarity and, and uh, to um, sympathize, but so many of them calling for gun control as well, which I definitely um, agree with that. I'm going to um, a gun safety rally tomorrow morning in Augusta at 11 o'clock. If anybody's listening and they would like to join us, we'd love to have them. Where in Augusta? Um, where is the rally? It's going to be in Capitol Park. At, so that's tomorrow, Saturday, November 4th at Capitol Park in Maine? Yes, and okay. we have um, very wonderful speakers from the Gun Safety Coalition and others. Uh, I don't have the list in front of me at the moment, but we're definitely, and I'm going to be speaking as well, and uh, looking forward to have that outpouring. But um, again, uh, for for everybody, uh, the law enforcement, um, our nurses, our doctors, or everybody that 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 participated in in, in caring for the people of Boston. It's just it's just heartwarming and healing as well. Um, do, do you have to have received that? Do you have faith that the city of Lewiston can recover from the massacre that took place? No, 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 no. I, I think that anybody who has lost a loved one through violence, that this is something you can't um, recover from. It's different than somebody who dies from cancer or dies from a brain bleed or died. I've, I've had siblings that have died from natural causes and I had a sibling that died in, in a very violent um, hurricane. And it's you you can't process it you worry about how they suffered if they were afraid without you know what happened to their dignity what happened what happened what happened what happened if only if only if only and um a lot of those people um that died are young they you know they're young in their middle ages we had one couple that was you know in their 70s but mostly everybody was young raising their families and and the trauma that their families are going through, I don't think that they can recover for. I think as a city, uh, we, as a city generally, we will recover. We will be able to 
recover, but for the families that are affected. My, my, not just the fam- not just people that died, but young people that have lost limbs, that have lost parts of their body. That have that, that there's thirteen of those people that um, are, are going to have to struggle with their trauma, not just their psychological trauma, but uh, but also their um, their their physical their physical adjustment uh, as well. A friend of ours, actually, her son was at um, the restaurant where uh, people got shot. He he wasn't shot. He hid under the, the um, pool table. Oh, my goodness. But he is in such trauma that he can't really do anything. Yeah. He, he can't turn his back to the door. He can't uh, go out into the community because he's afraid to be with people he his, his daughter is impacted his mother is impacted and it's, it's we we it's very hard to put your arms around everybody that's suffering to to, to a, such a degree like that and, and he's you know he's seeking he wants to buy a weapon you know and mm. so of course his wife and mother isn't allowing that at the moment but um but but those 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 are the kinds of changes that that people have people are, are, are trying to struggle through. Yeah, it's and really hard to, you can't measure the, the trauma that a whole community experiences. Because like you said, there's the direct victims, but there's the bystanders who are, you know, just forever going to be haunted by by this experience. Has it brought Lewiston as in terms of the politics around trying to do something about gun laws. Do you see any movement? Uh, obviously, there was the announcement of Jared Golden. We talked a little bit about that last time. Has there been any other coming together of of the city around, around or is that more of a, a, an Augusta matter? Well, I, f- I feel that there is, that there has been a shift. Uh, I am actually sick and tired of uh, people blaming the mental health, mental health system and people who have mental health needs because... Um, this person had access uh, to mental health services. Uh, he refused to take his medications, and he refused he refused to, um, um, uh, to to accept that. So we can force people. We might be able to, from the other perspective, uh, where people want to force people to have mental health services, but we can't force them to. Um, you know, we can't force them to surrender uh, weapons of, you know, yeah. war. That's, I just keep saying now that um, that they're weapons of, of, of war because that's what they are. That's what or they're designed for, and that is what uh, they're used for. And um, so I'm being sarcastic, as you might guess, but... Um, well, I mean, I, yeah, I know. I hear you, though. The message is, is loud and clear. Everybody is just so disgusted with the status yeah. quo. And it's hard to not be a little sarcastic because the facts presented, at least in this instance, just so clearly call out for some change. There was there's a mention that Mike Bloomberg's big gun safety, co- you know, coalition, every town yeah. for gun safety is is back in Maine, hoping to you know, ride the momentum of this shift that you that you you know are picking up on. Do you think that's a good thing that national groups are joining us, or, or do you, what? How do you think about that? I think it's a good thing, and I respect um, I, I respect um, you know Mayor Bloomberg. He's he he actually 
invests in um, practical uses of his money. And I'm glad that they're here. I'm glad that they're helping. We need every positive voice that we can get um, and that we um, that, that we might have access to, um, to, to stop this awful, awful carnage that's, that's happening. You know, not just Lewiston. I mean, I remember Sandy Hook and having a bill uh, in the legislature the year after Sandy Hook. I couldn't even get a vote out of committee, not one vote out of committee. And, 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 you know, I remember just crying uh, uh, when that bill went down. This year, I did get it out of committee and had some momentum, especially in the House, but then the Senate killed it. But, um, but it's, it is very frustrating. I'm only talking about my own bill. We had very, very, some very, very good bills in, in the hopper this year. And, you know, of course, we didn't get them passed now you're in you're in the you're in the house and the senate obviously you know is is on the other side of the hall but troy jackson is a democrat who i served with and and am very fondly of and respect very much he's in his final term at least for now because of term limits and he was the senate majority leader who voted against and you know basically has been against a lot of the gun safety measures as far as i know do you think the change in leadership on the senate side of things might shake things up well, actually, uh, I've heard a rumor, which I haven't heard, um, you know, the Senate president say himself, but I, I heard somebody being encouraged, I think it was from the Gun Safety Coalition, that said that uh, he might be shifting uh, his perspective on that as well. And, and so I'm anxious to hear, what's, you know, whether he'd be willing to to allow a red flag bill or to allow... Uh, or to you know to vote in favor of a ban uh, on um, you know assault rifles, then um, that I think that if we had those two bills, if we could get those two bills, um, you know, passed, that that would make a very big difference. Our U.S. senators, uh, Susan Collins and Angus King, both did 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 not support. I was in the Senate United States Senate chamber when they did not support the assault rifle ban you know, like 10 years ago, and it was just so heartbreaking that the kids were there uh, from from Sandy Hook. It was just absolutely heartbreaking. They have been in Lewiston recently and have been in the papers. Um, do, you, do you think they're going to change their minds? I mean, their, their argument is about the assault weapons ban is that somehow we can't draft legislation that adequately describes the problem, and therefore it would be a futile effort. I don't, I don't know why that's the case, but what do you respond? Do you think they're going to change, and do you think their argument holds any water? I I, I don't I don't hold out any hope that they will. I think that they had a there was a great great opportunity when uh, when Congressman Golden changed his mind and so eloquently and uh, emotionally um, apologized uh, to people for his stance. Um, it would have been a it would have been a wonderful opportunity for both senators to be able to change their mind. <clears throat> and um, I'm disappointed. Um, I, I, I suppose I expected it from Susan Collins, but I am um, very, very disappointed um, that Angus King had, didn't change his mind. Well, yeah, me too. <laughs> very disappointed. And, and maybe, he, maybe he will, but I, I think there's work to be done. Uh, clearly, the, you know, the, the facts are under investigation. And 
and you you are working on uh, changing the law. Do you have any concerns that the laws that you haven't that we have in place, like the yellow flag law, were not appropriately enforced, or are you just focusing sort of on on the future? Well, I think that you know we could talk all we want about it not being enforced, but it was very hard. It was very very difficult to catch up with 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 you know this person. He kept moving from place to place. Um, people were afraid of him. His wife was afraid. You know, his partner was afraid of him. His wife was afraid of him. His brother kept reaching out, trying to be able to do something about it. Um, I think, you know, I think that the National Guard may have been more to blame than any anybody. And I don't want to be pointing fingers now because it's on the opinion it's only my opinion because i don't have all the facts and i know that they're going to be doing that they're going to be doing an investigation on that but um uh, you know again it's only hindsight it's everything is easier in hindsight and and that's all we have really is is, is, is our opinion about what might have happened um you know, blaming law enforcement blaming our Nobody wants this to happen. I don't. Nobody wanted this to happen, and I know that people. I think do their very best to um, to try to prevent it. And so I, uh, I really very much hesitate to. to, to I, the yellow flag law, I think, has 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 its has its place. If somebody. If you can talk to somebody, if you can actually, uh, you know, get somebody to, they have to have to enforce it. It's, a diagnosis it, from 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 a healthcare provider. You know, they have to sit down to have the diagnosis. The healthcare provider has to, you know, go through <clears throat> go through the judiciary. It's and so it's very cumbersome. It's, it's, and I think the it's ridiculous. Has to be willing. Sorry, but I, the yeah. person has to has to be willing, and this man wasn't willing, so. That, well, that, that most people who are about to commit mass murder are not cooperative with right. law enforcement and, and, and going to just go along. So this yellow flag law, as I perceive it, is that the person essentially has to be arrested, dragged right. to a doctor, and then dragged into court and have a hearing. I mean, I, right. I have cases in, that I'm working on where the court system has not touched the file in like six or eight months. There's just no way you can yeah. rely on... All that bureaucracy in an emergency. I think the yellow flag law is useless. Uh, useless personally, I mean, I'm I'm happy that there was some effort, but it, uh, you know, I I don't know. We'll see. But um, it seems to me another law that perhaps legislators like yourself could look at are immunity laws, because even though, of course, we don't want to point fingers, and I, you know, you are so close to it that, you know, it. It's easier for me to, from afar, be somewhat critical of the law enforcement response before and after. But one thing I just wonder, and maybe you can just consider this, is law enforcement are are immune. I mean, there's so much tied up in immunity of of public officials in these kinds of things that I, I, I would hope that, you know, like qualified immunity and some of these immunity issues that attach to public officials that have a duty that in my you know that violate the duty but also the immunity of gun manufacturers is something that really just galls me that these like you said weapons of war somehow get a pass when it comes to the products that they produce unlike any other product really you know i mean there's it's it 
it's crazy. Yeah. And uh, so you are going to the Capitol tomorrow at 11. And what, what do you think is the what's the purpose of these rallies? Are they it's to generate kind of energy around the idea to inform people like what? Why should people go? Well, I should. I, I think that people should go in solidarity with each other, um, and 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 to support each other, and to get information uh, out and to call public attention to it. Um, we're expecting the media to to be there, and for um, you know that we can't allow. We can't allow. You know, people who are so attached to their uh, to their weapons uh, to have the last word. And I'm not talking about ordinary people who use their weapons or responsible gun owners who use their weapons for shooting deer or turkeys or whatever. But I am talking about um, people who have. Uh, you know, high capacity rifles and and want, want so much to hold on to them and are afraid that somebody's going to take their guns away and, you know, have all this paranoia going on. I've been getting all kinds of very nasty emails calling me all kinds of names and, um, you know, disparaging, uh, uh, very unflattering um uh, you know, vision versions of me uh, because that I, you know, that I stand up and 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 oppose these, you know, terrible terrible deeds that have killed our children and killed our young people and and, and or any other human being. So, you know, so so that's what I I think that a lot of the organizers expect out of um, out of having a rally. And you're speaking not only to the public, you're speaking to the media, but is your message also to the governor? Like, are you going to direct your remarks, you know, towards the Blaine House? Because we could use some movement from from that department. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, and I'm not going to say, uh, I mean, I, I know in, in the past, uh, you know, uh, that she's opposed, um, you know, gun legislation, but um, I, I don't know what her attitude is now, right at the moment. Well, I just can't help but think everybody who had this false sense of security that Maine is, you know, just not that kind of state, it's just not going to happen here, that has been shattered. So I don't know what the new excuse can be. I mean, it's 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 obviously, you know, we're not safe and and the system's broken. So uh, Margaret Craven, Senator Margaret, oh, excuse me, State Rep. Margaret Craven, you have been a senator. Um, I'm so grateful for the work that you're doing in this area, and I just want to publicly thank you for your efforts and uh, keep up the good work. And um, I encourage all listeners to get up to Augusta tomorrow uh, at 11 and show the flag. Thanks, thank Margaret. You so much for ha- thank you so much for having me, and thank you for your work. Oh, you're for welcome. getting the message out. Okay. Take care. Okay.